just such a privilege to drive up with her to, to Johannesburg on Friday. She had to do a German test. And so all the way up in the, on the way in the car, we were learning German. I don't think I'm very good, but uh, yeah, yeah, will. We will uh, just have one click today, and uh, the changes, I see many people are still in the same seats, uh, so <laughs> these, uh, these sheep are pretty stubborn sheep. <laughs> we'll have to uh, get, a, get our staff out and, and push them and guide them a little bit more. So, last week Alex was sharing... And we're starting a kind of theme on discipleship, on being disciples, on, on discipling and, and reaching people with the gospel and how we do that as a community. And so in the next months, that's what we're going to be looking at. And his uh, main emphasis on, on the morning was, he briefly explained that a true disciple of Jesus is one who abides in the word of God, who wholeheartedly follows Christ who exclusively worships Jesus, who loves their brother or sister in Christ, who bears much fruit, and who is a witness to the kingdom of God. That's just the, the, four, the four headings. And that's who we are as disciples. We are disciples. We are people who love God much. We are people who are in the Word. We are living in the Word. We are people who are loving our brothers and sisters. We are bearing much fruit. And uh, we are witnesses to this great kingdom. And in this week, I've been reading a book, I don't know, by Ray van der Laan. don't know, anybody know him here? And uh, the book's entitled, In the Dust of the Rabbi. Learning to live as Jesus lived. Isn't that the desire of your heart? Isn't that the desire of my heart to live like Jesus? And I found it fascinating because this goes back to the first century. This goes back to the time when Jesus was born and looked at what happened in his life. And he was uh, brought up in, in the first century. And I, I love going and, and looking at the people who look at... Uh, the Jewish roots. Because Jesus was a Jew. So, and he always will be. <laughs> and so if I have a greater understanding of his upbringing, then I'll have a greater understanding of who he is and who he is calling me and you to be. He's calling you and I to be his disciples. The Galileans, where he, most of his disciples, I think all... Uh, all 12 except for one, I think Judas Iscariot was the, was the only one I think they said that wasn't a, a, a Galilean. Uh, but that's where he chose his disciples. Why Galilee? And so I'm going to read a little bit of stuff here just to give us a bit of background because I just found it so, so lovely. The Galileans were known for their great reverence for Scripture and their passionate desire to be faithful to it in every aspect of their life. The people of Galilee knew the scripture by memory, debated its application with enthusiasm, loved God with all their heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and they trained their children to do the same. Their great desire to follow God translated into vibrant 
religious communities where synagogues echoed with debates and discussions about the keeping of the Torah. As a result, Galilee produced more famous rabbis than any other area of Israel. And that was where Jesus was born. That was the culture to which Jesus called his disciples. So, you might say it was maybe the Galileans that invented uh, discipleship. Jesus taught amongst the best So in those days, there would be two types of teachers. There would be ordinary teachers who just taught the Torah, taught the law. And then there would be the rabbis. They would be much more advanced in their teaching. A first century rabbi would have been a master in the Scriptures, a master in the Old Testament. He would know, mostly know the whole Old Testament off by heart. I mean, I can probably quote three scriptures. The one we read today, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Most of us can, preach that, can remember that one. But yeah, the teachers of the day, the rabbis of the day, knew the word off by heart. One of the interesting things he, he mentioned in, 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 the, in the book, he said many of them were, of these rabbis were actually healers as well, and they were miracle workers. They had authority. And its authority is important. By what authority do you talk? By what authority do you teach? And we maybe go back to the Moses in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. Remember, he was becoming uh, ragged and worn out because of all the, the, the millions of people that he was uh, shepherding. And, and he was it. He was it. And so they came up with this idea and they, they, they anointed 70 they gave 70 leaders authority to help, and they delegated the leadership out. And to have uh, the authority of Moses was a, was a big thing. And what authority did Jesus operate? How did Jesus operate? If you remember Jesus getting baptized, John the Baptist is doing his stuff, and it's just so strange to see uh, Janet sitting over there, like kind of, <laughs> it's, it's challenging me, even the preacher's getting challenged now. Hey, there's a newcomer. Oh no, it's Janet. And so uh, Jesus is walking in, walking down the line, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It was kind of the authority being stamped on, on Jesus by John the Baptist by this prophet, mad prophet in the wilderness, telling people to repent. And then we have uh, Jesus getting baptized and we have the dove, we, the, the Spirit coming like a dove and resting on Jesus and the words coming and saying, this is my beloved Son who I am well pleased with. And the transfiguration had happened again and, and we are called to listen to Him. You and I are called to listen to Jesus. This rabbi, this man called Jesus, because he has authority. I forgot to read the scriptures at the beginning. I just want to go there from, the, from your newsletter. Mark chapter 1, verse 17, And Jesus said to them, 
follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. In one of the other translations it says, come, follow me and I will transform you into men who will catch people instead of fish. There's a transformation that happens to your life and my life when we hear the call of Jesus to come. Jesus is saying to each of us today, come. Come what? And follow me. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He's calling us today. He has chosen you and I. He has called you and I. He's called you and I to come. And so there's the... There's the, in the beginning of the Gospels, there's this coming, there's this calling of the, of, of the disciples. And right at the end of the Gospels, in Matthew 28, he says, All authority is about to go in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded to you. And behold, I am with you. I am with you always to the end of the age. That's a beautiful last last words. I am with you always to the end of the age. Listen to that. Hear that today. Hear that today in the crisis that you are facing. The anchor of your hope, which we've been singing on, we can grab onto him. He has promised that he is going to be with us until the end of the age. Never leave us. Never forsake us. And so He's called you and I. He's called you and I to be disciples. He's called you and I to come and follow Him. I was really challenged in reading the book and He, and he, and he was saying somewhere along, uh, and, and He was saying, we need to be reading the Gospels three or four times a quarter. <laughs> that was kind of kind of thing we need to, if we are followers of Jesus, we need to be feeding on the Gospels. We need to be letting the Gospels transform our lives, letting Jesus, seeing Jesus, His life, and let that change us. And so, in, 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 in our word, we have a word and we call it, He goes in, to go and make disciples. That's the word we use. I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm going to get the Hebrew right or whatever it is, the Talmud. We are, we are, if you're a disciple, you're a Talmud. The problem with uh, discipleships and students, you know, sometimes we think we're a student and we go off to, to Bible college to, to study the Scriptures. I'm not knocking studying the Scriptures. It's really good. But, it, but sometimes it becomes about knowledge. It becomes about head knowledge. And if you're going to be a, a Talmud, then it is, uh, it's actually... A living knowledge, and it's it's a, it's a heart knowledge. It's a yes, it, it's knowledge, but it's how we practically live it out. So it's not just about information. Sometimes we can quote all the scriptures and we can know them, and we can know the Greek and the Hebrew. You know, if I tell Amy, if I tell Amy, Amy, go and clean your room, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I dropped you there. No, but she is backing up and leaving and, and changing her life. So, so there is a bit, it's a bit of chaotic. If I go and tell her to go and clean the room, and she uh, comes back an hour or two later and says, I say to her, Amy, did you clean your room? And she said, no. But I, 
I've studied what you told me. I know, I know exactly what you told me. I know, I know the, uh, the Hebrew of clean. And I know the, uh, you know, even the, the different nuances and clean in, 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 uh, in, in America and, and in Germany, it's different things. <laughs> Shame they're moving into a house and, and if we once they said, uh, I've been so busy, I haven't been able to do a deep clean of the, of the house that they're moving into. But, but Amy, you're going to be moving in in a little while. So you, you, you're going to have to clean. <laughs> so if I'm a Talmud, if I'm a disciple, if I'm a true disciple of this Rabbi Jesus, of, this, of the Son of God, of, of, of uh, the, this good shepherd, this great shepherd, then uh, I will be committed to eat, live, breathe, I want to be like the rabbi. I want to be like Jesus. I want to say things that Jesus would say. I want to do things that Jesus would say. I want to become like Jesus. And that's the bottom line, beloved. The bottom line is not a bigger bank balance. The bottom line is not uh, just luxury and all that kind of stuff. The bottom line is, are you becoming like Jesus? Are you being conformed into the image of Jesus? And everything that happens to you, you have to uh, look, at, look at it through that lens. You have to put on the lens, not the selfish, self-centered lens, a pity party. We have to look at it, Lord Jesus, how am I going to become more like you through this? What are you teaching me in this, in this season? That's the response that a disciple will, would make. That's the response you and I should make. You know, sometimes... Churches run discipleship courses. There's going to be a discipleship course running in, in the upper room on uh, every Tuesday night. It's a six-week course, and uh, we're going to look at discipleship and what that means. Well, six weeks, is that's just a, a curiosity. That's just like a kind of the disciples in Jesus' day. They lived and slept and ate. It was 24-7. It was, uh, they were consumed by it. How did you become, let's look a little bit more history, I love it. How did you become a disciple in, 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 in those days? And so as a Jewish little kids, from about 5 to 12, I'm a bit worried because I've got Christine here, and she's like an expert on all this stuff, lived in Israel for six or seven years, so I hope I don't get it all wrong. You can correct me afterwards. Uh, they lived there for, they would, from 5 to 12, they would go to school, go to shul, and they, would, and they would learn the Torah. That would be one of the main things. They would learn it, and they would learn it off by heart. And they would study it. At, uh, at 12, they would go to their first Passover, and that was a, at that stage, they, they could stand on their own faith. And they were allowed to kill the lamb on behalf of the, of the family. But they knew the Scriptures. So as a 12-year-old, you knew the Scriptures. And Jesus knew the Scriptures. He was brought up in that, in that. And you might say, well, no, he had an advantage. Because he actually wrote the Scriptures, you know. They were co-authored by the, by the Holy Spirit. So he had an advantage. 
But he lived just like us, and he learned the Scriptures. He functioned as you and I. And then when, they, when the children got to about 12, then they would, if you were a girl, you had to probably go and get, go off and get prepared to go to get married. Around about 12 to 14, I think. That's kind of the age group. Uh, some would go back to be a part of their family business. So there were fishermen, and there were uh, tax collectors, and there were all sorts of, sorts of people who, jobs that they would go and do. And then there would be a few who would take it to the next level. And they would uh, decide if they were really bright, you know, the cum laude of, of the world, uh, you know, I didn't get anything above about 50%. Uh, they would then, if they decided they want to become a, 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 a Talmud, they would go and find a, a rabbi. And they would ask the rabbi if they, if, if the, if they could uh, be their Talmuds, if they could walk alongside with them. There's no, uh, the, the, the Gospels record no example of Jesus accepting anyone who came to him and requested to be a, disciples, a disciple, although several asked about following him. He always chose them. So Jesus changed it all around. Jesus changes everything around. And so these, these young, young boys of about 14 would look to serve under a rabbi, and the rabbi would ask them some questions, some pertinent questions of, of how well they knew the scriptures, and, and uh, they would have to observe for a whole long time this, this, uh, this rabbi. And eventually, the rabbi would come and say, no or yes. And then they, if, he, if they said yes, then they would, they would do everything the rabbi did. They wanted to know what the rabbi did when he went to the toilet. Was there a special prayer at the end? They wanted to know everything, what the rabbi did with, with food, with, with everything. Because they, they wanted to be like him. So it was, a, it was like a father-son relationship, that whole thing. And that's uh, what God is calling you and I to do. Are you consumed? Are you consumed by Jesus? Are you consumed to getting to know Him? Are you consumed by sitting at His feet in His dust? One question which I have never thought of. How old were the disciples? Never thought of that. And probably when you see most of the pictures painted by the famous a famous artist, they look quite old. But Jesus, but Jesus chose mostly, probably, Daniel. Just a student. A matric. A first year student. He's about to go off to study to be a doctor. Where? Cyprus. I don't even know where Cyprus is. And you're going to come out a doctor there. But that's the kind of age. And, and if you think about it, there was a time where Jesus was, they had to pay taxes. And you only had to pay taxes in Israel after you were 20. 
And so they had to pay taxes. And what did Jesus say? Catch a fish. Did you catch a fish and what came up? Wouldn't it be so, wouldn't it be so lovely if today we went down to the dam and uh, the, 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 the fish coughed up our, 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 our taxes? Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> I want to live like that as a disciple. I want to walk alongside him. Say, okay, Lord, I've got my taxes now. Val and I have a joke in the office because I always seem to be doing my taxes. For like months and months, I'm filling in forms to do my taxes because I've got to get some money back. But yeah, this is even better. This is God provides. And so because they only had, Jesus said, go and pay your and my taxes to Peter. Didn't talk about the other disciples. And then last night I was listening on the way home from Johannesburg. I got in from Johannesburg at about 10 after dropping Amy. And we were listening to Judas, Judas Smith. And he said all the disciples were probably, when Jesus chose them, were 18, 19, somewhere in, in, in that area. And so these disciples would not have been completely illiterate, but they were unlearned. They hadn't gone on to the next levels. Isn't that what it said in Acts? They were just amazed at the authority which they had they were, were preaching with at the miracles and the signs and wonders that were following them. The people were amazed. And they said, these are just uneducated, unlearned. But, but no. They had a grasp of, 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 the, of the Torah. They had been with Jesus. And that's the key. The key is you and I being with Jesus. And so these guys had not made it to the next level. They had gone back to their family business to the tax collecting business, to the fishing business. I mean, Nathaniel gets called. He's just sitting under, the, under a tree, is it? Was, it? was that the story? He was sitting under a tree. And Jesus said, I saw you sitting under a tree, or something along those lines. And he calls Dan, Nathaniel to come and follow. He calls Peter, come, come and follow me. Give up your, your family business. Some people will be bleak. If your son is working hard and really adding value, and some rabbi comes along and just says, come and follow me, and they just say, okay, cheers, Dad. Not, not, I don't really like uh, making carpentry. I don't like uh, this tax collecting business. It's a bit dangerous to my health. But they... Follow Jesus. And the call for you and I today is to follow Him. To become more like Him. Jesus believed them and Jesus chose them. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And He chose people who was, I mean, Judas betrayed Him. He chose Peter who denied Him. Jesus believed in these disciples. He believed that these were the people who were going to change the world. He only had 12 in the beginning. How many have we got here? 80? We've got 80 disciples. 80 disciples who are going to change this world, who are going to change our neighborhood, who are going to make a difference because you carry Jesus, because Jesus lives in you, and you are getting to know Him. 
And they became like him. These disciples became like him. Yes, they, they messed up and they got it wrong, but that's not a problem. Jesus is not, a, not afraid if you, if you get it wrong. He, you just come and you repent and you ask him, Lord Jesus, help me to, to, to get up and Holy Spirit, give me insight into the situation and, 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 and walk on and get up and keep going and keep sharing this good news. We have hope. We have hope for this world. They, they became like him. I mean, most of them, I think only John died of natural causes. Most of them became like him in death. I was reading about Philip. Philip was chained at the gate of Heropolis with things through his Achilles ten- tendons, with like clamps through his, 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 his... It was an excruciating pain. They brought his seven daughters and stripped them and raped them one at a time in front of him. Then they nailed him to the cross. They hung him upside down. What was this kid's last words? What was his last words? Father, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. They became like Jesus. Stephen getting stoned. What did he do? He looked up to heaven. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. That is what we are called to become. We are called to become like Jesus. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we're going to go through same, some of the same stuff. We're going to go through some hardship. We're going to go through some difficult, some difficult time. I mean, just a little story. So Peter, you know the story of Peter walking on the water. Jesus sends them on the boat. And they, they're fishermen. Fishermen don't really like, uh, Jews don't like the sea. They were scared. They were scared of the sea. In fact, in the scripture, the, 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 they say there's going to be no sea in the new heavens and the new earth. I don't know about that. The surfers really get up, uptight about that. Sorry, old Judd. Sorry, sorry. But I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there'll, there'll be something for the surfers. And so they were scared. The, the devils lived in the sea. There was, and it was an abyss. It was, there were monsters in the sea. And so now they're out on the, on the Sea of Galilee and they are battling. And Jesus has sent them. And there's somebody trying to get in the gate. Won't you open the gate? Narrow is the gate. Yeah, they can't get in. <laughs> You've got to know the secret passcode. Jesus is Lord. And so Jesus has sent them and he's watching them and he sees the storm and, the, and he has a very strange story. He kind of sees they battling and he, and he walks across the water. I mean, that's it. Walks in the water. That's an amazing feat. Anybody here walked on the water? We've kind of tried and we've sunk, I know. Uh, but he's walking across the water, and then he was going to just go past them, and he, he, he wasn't going to stop. He might have just said, hey guys. <laughs> and now the, the, the disciples are, 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 are panicking, because, you know, the ghost story. 
that if, uh, if, if you, a ghost, you knew you were going to die, so they were really panicking. And uh, Peter, this impetuous, just amazing guy, just suddenly blasts out. If it's you, Jesus, I want to come and walk on the water with you. He wasn't thinking at that, at that stage. But he was wanting to be like his rabbi. I want to be like my rabbi. I want to be like Jesus. I want to walk on the water. I want to, in the situations in my life that I face, which, are, which I'm thinking, uh, he is my anchor. I want to walk in him and hold on to him. So what Peter's thinking is, if Jesus does it, I've got to try. Let's read the scriptures with that, with that thought in mind. If Jesus raised the dead, let me try. If Jesus healed the sick, let me try. Let me pray. So Peter gets out and he walks on the water and he becomes... Suddenly he realizes what he's doing. This is not what you do. You can't walk on water. And he takes his eyes off Jesus and he doubts. He doubts the call of Jesus. If Jesus calls you to walk on water, you're going to walk on water. He's looking for people, not just the 18, 20-year-olds. He's looking for the 50, the 60s. Where's the 90-year-old? Any 90-year-olds here today? Usually, you see, everybody's moved around. I can't see. Jesus chooses you and I to be his disciples. He's come to you, Patrick, and he said, I want you to be my disciple. What does that mean? That means you, you live for him 24-7. You spend time in the word. You let the word transform you. That's what it means. You become more and more like Him. That's what you and I are called to. You and I are called to be like Jesus. And even as in this week, as we're preparing it, I still have to say, oh my gosh, I don't look like Jesus. I don't have what it takes. got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with Jesus. As I was looking at the, at, at the community and I was, and I was, I was oh, you get into those pity parties quite quickly and think, oh gosh, I'm useless. It's never going to work. It's like kind of, oh, 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 oh. And then I, then I came to this, that I was agreeing with the devil. We have to be like Jesus. And we have what it takes. Why? Because he realized you and I weren't going to make it on our own. And so he sent us Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and lives in him and dwells me. So I can respond to life like Jesus did. If you're going to be a disciple with fire in your belly, then you're going to have to live with him. You're going to have to let him transform you. You're going to have to get away in the closet and you're going to have to uh, read and, 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 and let him transform you and let him become... Let you, so that you become more like Him. Jesus believes in you. He's chosen you. Zuka, He's chosen you. 
jockey. What a great choice. God chose you. We've sung quite a lot of the songs I've been today have been about God has chosen us. I mean, he chose Peter. Imagine Peter going through. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but imagine if Peter's denied him. Imagine when he sees his master's eyes, he must have thought, no, I'm dead. Imagine the shame and the anguish that he was carrying. And yet when Jesus meets him a little down the line, he says, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. So, that is the end of this morning. Be his disciple. Walk with him. But I think we need to make a choice. Let's stand. I want uh, the, the, uh, where's my wife? I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Praise the Lord. This is a, comes before the Noah was a boy. But let's, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have chosen me. That you are my Savior. That you are my Lord. I thank you that I am your disciple. I commit myself, my household, my family, Today, we are going to serve the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.